0: Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for an episode of ASHP's Practice Journeys, Career Pearls for Students. In this podcast series, you'll hear from pharmacists who work in various pharmacy practice settings to learn more about what a day in their life is like. You'll dive into careers you may have an interest in but never took the time to learn about or You may even find out about a practice area you never knew existed. My name is Adam Sadiq, a fourth year pharmacy student at the University of Houston College of Pharmacy. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Sharnay Ross, who will be teaching us about the world of health system pharmacy administration and leadership. Dr. Ross, thank you so much for joining us today. I'll go ahead and kick us off with the first question. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your current position?
1: Hi, Adam, thank you so much for um, inviting me and having me on this podcast today. So my name is Charnay. I uh, went to pharmacy school at Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, Florida, and I did a PGY1, PGY2 health system pharmacy administration residency at BCU Health in Richmond, Virginia. I also completed a Master of Science in Health Administration um, throughout residency. Um, after I graduated from residency, I, my first role was a pharmacy operations manager in Houston, Texas, at Memorial Hermann Memorial City Medical Center. I was there for about three years prior to coming to my current role as an enterprise pharmacy regulatory manager at New York Presbyterian. So I've been um, on this in this role for about ten weeks. So I'm still new, new to the role, um, and I'm very, very excited about this this new opportunity. Um, with this role, I oversee USP compliance as well as um, joint commission compliance. Um, and when I reflect back on like my career since graduating from residency, I am um, on the trajectory that I set for myself. Um, I, my passion for, um, compounding began while I was in residency. Um, one of my, um, staffing areas, my second year residency was the IV room. And so that's kind of what sparked my interest in, um, sterile compounding. And, um, I'm board certified as well. I just got my board certification earlier this year. And that was also, um, a part of my, um, short-term and long-term goals. And I'm talking to you about my short-term and long-term goals, because that's, one of the advice that I'll give later in the podcast is it helps, um, you know, when planning your uh, professional, what you
0: want to do with your life professionally. Sterile compounding is something I'm not great at, and I think it's something within pharmacy that's super difficult. So huge kudos to you for being so proficient and taking it to that high degree. Can you tell me about what the typical training requirements would be for a pharmacist looking to go into health system pharmacy leadership and administration?
1: So I'll answer this question uh, two different ways. You can go the residency track or you can go um, the non-residency track. The profession as a whole is leaning more towards um, residency and fellowship training. So I'll speak more to um, the residency track. And then I did you know, a two-year admin residency program throughout pharmacy school. I always had an interest in doing residency. Um, in my P3 year, when you start preparing for your residency applications is when I came across um, the admin residency programs, um, and in terms of preparing yourself for an admin residency, it, it, I think it starts at your P1 year. Looking at, you can always look at programs and see what their requirements are, and I think this goes to planning your uh, career professionally. So P1 year, you can start looking at residency programs. There's no need to contact any residency program, but just look at the requirements. And what are some of the requirements for the application? One thing that I wish I did when I was in um, pharmacy school was doing more research. Because when it gets to your P4 year, when you start applying to residency programs, like these residency programs are looking for candidates that have research experience, um, candidates that may have presentation experience, whether that is a platform presentation or a um, poster presentation. So, reaching out to your professors, P1, P2 year, um, and getting started in research um, because that's going to be important when you're a resident because you're going to have to do a research project. And if you have that experience as a student, then it's gonna it's gonna really really help you while you're as a resident while you're a resident. Um, that's one thing that I struggled with in residency is the research aspect, but that's also because I didn't um, do that while I was a student. Not that it wasn't available to me. It's just it's not something that I, I pursued while I was a student. Um, one other piece of advice I'd like to share is seeking out opportunities and not waiting for those opportunities to be given to you. And that's one thing that I did while I was in, while I was in pharmacy school. It really depends on the pharmacy program. Um, Some pharmacy programs may do a good job of having all of the opportunities that are available, and some may not. Not that that's a bad thing, but you just have to make sure you are constantly seeking those opportunities. Um, Being involved in state and national pharmacy organizations is also um, one piece of advice that also builds to networking. And that can also, when those opportunities may come to you through networking and being involved in state and national organizations.
0: Awesome. Yeah, those are all um, points that are really important to consider while going throughout pharmacy school. I know for me personally, research was something that also flew under the radar a little bit. I'm getting some experience with it as a P4 and I'm definitely gonna thank myself later when I'm uh, in a residency later on. So in terms of the residency training for the admin programs, what was that like? So it's a
1: tough, tough two years. Um, but I would go back surprisingly I'm saying this I would go back and do it again because I've learned so much from my residency experience Uh, for me for my particular program the first year was more um, clinical and then your second my second year was more so focused on the admin piece I had the opportunity to choose my elective my particular site had a um this is, I guess I'll go into like my favorite rotation. Um, My particular site had a um, inpatient uh, pediatric psych hospital. And so I had a rotation there and that was, uh, it's a different type of experience. Um, And I definitely, that was my favorite rotation. Um, And just taking advantage of some of the unique opportunities that your organization may provide um, I can speak to the Memorial Herman Admin Program. Um, they have their PGY-2 at the se- second year is on the system level, which not every program may have that opportunity. Um, so definitely seeking out some unique opportunities that your program offers. Um, for me, going back to my interest in sterile compounding, um, my program was able to sponsor me attending a um, two-day sterile compounding as well as hazardous compounding training program. And again, that still continues to spark my interest in sterile compounding and I think has helped me in my current role, helped me with my board certification. So it goes back to my, my original piece of advice is just seeking out those opportunities um, and not waiting for those opportunities to come to you and being, um, being responsible for your own like education, being responsible for your own like, training. Um, if there's something that you need, something that you're not understanding, um, speak to your preceptor, speak to your RPD um, so that they can provide um, a resource for you and get you the training that, that you need. Um, but overall, my training at BCU, I would go back and do it again. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. But it's going to be a tough two years. It's going to be a tough two years, especially doing a master's program on top of that. And that's another piece of advice I, I come to you. If you are interested in pursuing an admin, residency or admin role, pharmacy operations, if you wanna be a director of pharmacy, if you wanna be a VP of pharmacy for an enterprise, I definitely recommend pursuing a master's degree, whether that's an MBA or an MSHA, an MHA. Um, A lot of programs also have the masters of health system pharmacy uh, and leadership. So I definitely uh, recommend um, completing a master's degree. Also another piece of advice, if you have an idea of some of the roles that you're interested in, go on LinkedIn and look at some of those job posting and see what the minimum qualifications are for those jobs. And that can help you kind of map out your uh, professional development program. Um, if you eventually want to be a VP, that could be a 10-year goal, 10, 15-year goal. What are the requirements um, of a, a VP of pharmacy and what do you need to do to get there?
0: Great advice. I love how you were able to tailor your experience throughout residency to fulfill the career you have now. And speaking of that career, um, can you give us a little bit of background about your current practice site and professional responsibilities as an enterprise pharmacy regulatory manager?
1: Yes, of course. So as an enterprise pharmacy regulatory manager, I oversee um, USP compliance and joint commission compliance for um, 11 hospitals. Now, what does that entail? Um, so I am at the enterprise level. So each of these hospitals, they have managers that directly oversee their um, sterile compounding areas. Those, and I don't, those, these managers don't necessarily report to me, um, but we, it's a collaboration. Um, between uh, me and working with the managers. I also oversee our um, enterprise-wide USP 797 committee. Um, right now we're having weekly meetings in preparation for the November 1st go live. Um, another major part of my role is project management. I mean, that's, that's like a big piece is um, managing and the, the big project that I have right now is um, seeing us to the finish line for the updates Uh, with with USP 797 as well as 795 and USP 800. Um, I'm also as part of the Joint Commission piece for my role. um, I do mock surveys for the different sites. And I participated in my first mock survey um, last week. And what we do as mock surveyors, we go to these sites and we act as if we are Joint Commission surveyors. we meet with the quality team, so it's not only pharmacy, but it's a, a collaboration with quality as well. Um, we're set up in a room, and um, we go to the different areas, not only pharmacy. Um, we also go to the patient care areas and do audits. Um, that's also what I, I enjoy about my job. And I'm also responsible for um, reviewing quality metrics for our 503B. And this is just a general overview. There's a lot more intricate details of my role. Um, Also, I'm 10 weeks into my role, so I'm still learning uh, some of the roles and responsibilities myself, but that's just a really big general um, overview of my roles and responsibility as an enterprise regulatory manager.
0: Managing 11 USP compliant hospitals sounds like a very tall task, um, and it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts within your day-to-day um, so could you tell us and the listeners, what does a typical work day look like for you, given everything that's going on?
1: A typical work day um, for me is meetings on top of meetings on top of meetings. Um, I'm consistently having meetings with um, some of our vendors and some of the managers um, that oversee uh, the sterile compounding areas. Um, also, going back to the project management piece, um, completing tasks and uh, projects is another uh, part of my, my work. If I can give you a snapshot of my calendar this week, um, it's really uh, creating FAQ documents for the staff at the different sites so that they understand some of the changes that directly affect them, as well as uh, creating a resource for the managers to share with their staff um, one thing how we like to communicate with the staff here is creating huddle slides. Those brief PowerPoint slides that can be shared at the huddles for the different sites, and the managers can take that and they can also um, uh, tailor it down to their specific needs at their um, local sites. So that's kind of like the biggest thing that I'm that I'm working on this week.
0: Sounds super busy. Uh, I, I would love to see a snapshot of your calendar. That'd be. I'm sure it's like you said, just all meetings. Um, so what is the most reporting part of your job?
1: I say the most rewarding part of my job is doing site visits. So as a part of my onboarding, um, in order for me to be successful at my job, I have to kind of understand the different sites and um, being in their compounding suites and um, understanding their workflows. So doing the site visits is, the most rewarding, interacting and engaging with the staff, um, going into the IV room, observing their work practices, um, as well as educating. Um, some of the sites that I've gone to so far, they, there's been a lot of questions. A lot of the staff are engaged, um, so I also use that as an opportunity to um, educate them on the changes. Or if there's anything that I need to clarify, um, that's what I like most about my about my job. Because the project management piece, it could be it could be overwhelming, but it's it's nice to have some. Uh, some engagement with the, the team members at the project that I'm managing directly
0: affects. And on the flip side, what are some of the unique challenges presented with your job?
1: So if I can paint a picture for you. So each of these sites, they have managers, you know, that oversee the compounding space. And, and for me in my role, um, I see myself as a um, content expert and a resource to them. Um, and they are experts as well. So we're doing a lot of collaboration, having a lot of conversations um, about um, USP and what our interpretations are of the, of the new chapter. Um, but I would say the biggest challenge for me in this role is um, influencing change across the enterprise. Um, because some, the 11 sites, they are of different sizes. You have some that are like 99 beds. You have some that are over 1,000 beds. So you can see the different um, challenges that may come with managing sites of different sizes and the decisions that we make, um, we make at an enterprise level that then impacts the individual hospitals. So making that decision and um, getting buy-in from the managers because it's a, it's a group effort, um, I would say is the, is the biggest challenge which is why it's very important that communication piece, having these meetings across the enterprise um, is very, very important to be effective in this role, as well as going to the sites and engaging with the managers, engaging with the staff, kind of hearing what their pain points are and coming up with maybe some recommendations to help them solve their, some of their pain points. So I would say that's
0: one of the the biggest challenges in this role. And I believe we have time for one more question. So looking to our pharmacy student audience, what advice would you have for a pharmacy student who may be interested in a career like yours?
1: All right, so um, listen very closely because I wish I had this advice when I was going, when I was in pharmacy school, but I'd say map out your short-term and long-term goals. You know, some of the things that I've mentioned on this podcast episode is one, you know, what, what job do you want? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? See if you can find a job description for whatever role you're interested in. Look at the requirements for that job. That can then be your blueprint for your short-term and long-term goals. And maybe not even the requirements. It could be the preferred qualifications um, because that's not required, but it's preferred. And kind of how I see myself when I'm applying for a job, I want to make sure on paper I have all of the qualifications. Um, So when the hiring manager is looking at my CV. They're like, oh, yeah, I definitely have to offer her or him a um, phone interview or a Zoom call. So having everything on paper that will get you through the front door. Um, And then your personality and your qualifications will get you the job. Um, So definitely mapping out your short-term and long-term goals. I've said this before, seeking out opportunities. Um, Don't wait for the opportunity to land in your lap. Uh, One thing I don't think I've mentioned is internships. There are summer internships out there specific to admin. I know Johns Hopkins, I believe, have a, a summer internship program, but there are different um, health systems out there that have internship programs. So that would, that's where you can get your research experience. Um, you could do a research project in um, a couple weeks and you can have a poster from that that then can be presented at um, a national um, organization or one of your state um, organization um, meetings. Lastly, networking. Networking is very important. Um, networking is how I got the role that I'm currently in. When you go to your local, state, and national pharmacy meetings, go to the networking sessions. Be a member of ASHP and participate in um, the advisory groups. I was a member of the Pharmacy Student Forum Advisory Group as a P4 and in my personal opinion, I joined too late. So join as a P1, join as a P2, because this is how you network with your pharmacy colleagues across the country. So networking is, is, is an important piece. So I'll summarize my, my advice. Uh, map out your short-term and long-term goals. Um, seek out opportunities. Don't, don't think that opportunities are going to fall in your lap. And network network with your pharmacy student colleagues, network with um, mentors who you feel are in positions that you aspire to be in, because they can give you the blueprint or they can even tell you these are things that I wish I did when I was in your shoes. So that, that's the piece of advice that I have for those who are out there who are interested in a career in health system pharmacy administration.
0: Thank you so much. Those are great pieces of advice, um, duly noted on my end. And that is all the time we have today. Dr. Ross, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your story and highlight your experience. Speaking as a student who's super passionate about this field of practice, I know this episode will be a huge resource for my peers and will be a great way to expose new students to the world of pharmacy leadership and administration. Listeners, as we close out, make sure to follow us at, at ASHPOfficial to stay up to date on the latest and greatest with our Career Pearls for Students podcast series. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.